All right, before we get going with this episode, this is an interview episode. The audio quality isn't as good as it usually is, but it's certainly not bad. So I will go ahead and say that right here up front. And I do also have some new Patreon subscribers to thank. I will not read reviews until one of the other later episodes this month. I got quite a few episodes coming this month, so trust me, your reviews will get read. First up, we got huge thank yous to David Ponce, Kimberlew, Kim Phillip, Kendra Nicole, Weston, Randy Norton, Kirsty Smith, and Vicki Martin. I hope you all are enjoying that uh, big catalog of bonus episodes. We got three coming every month, at least three actually, because we uh, we upped it even higher now. So I hope you're all enjoying. Anybody else who wants to join, go to patreon.com slash mysterious circumstances. There's three tiers. Look through them. If you don't want to do it, that's fine too. So with all that being said, again, huge thank you to Brittany for joining me on this. This is an episode about her sister's disappearance. This podcast contains adult content. Some of the themes or topics may include information on murder, kidnapping, torture, dismemberment, maybe some demonic content with information on positions and paranormal activity. This podcast will also include explicit, horrible and foul, socially unacceptable, totally uninhibited adult themes language. So if you're easily offended, if you're easily triggered, then I highly suggest you turn this off now. And if not, just keep in mind, parental discretion is advised. At the time of Jessie's disappearance, she hung out with very rough people and possibly she saw something she wasn't supposed to see. The police haven't found Jessie's. My sister's case is still open and it hasn't been solved. About a month after Jessie went missing, a video came out of her at a park. Her head is shaved, the letters SIC, and on the other side is 13 lines going down the side of her head. All right, everybody, welcome to Mysterious Circumstances. I'm your host, Justin, as you know, and I have a very special guest on with me today, and we're going to be talking about a very, very interesting disappearance. Brittany, would you like to introduce yourself and um, talk a little bit about your sister? Yeah, my name is Brittany Moore. My sister, Jesse Grace Moore, went missing from Wenatchee, Washington on June 20th of 2016, my family and I are just dedicated to finding her and finding answers on what happened to her. When I started looking into this case, I found a few things very, very interesting. But before we get into that, can you kind of give us a little bit of context and background on Jesse? Yeah, of course. So my sister, she struggled a lot growing up with just mental health issues. She has borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder. And, you know, she just really went through it growing up pretty much. And and when she was 20, she had a baby girl that actually ended up passing away. And that was super hard on her. And that kind of led her into drug abuse. And she started using on and off for about four years. And just leading up to her disappearance, she was on drugs and unfortunately couldn't live with my mom because 
you know, it was just too hard on my mom for my sister to be there. And so she was on the streets. Her mental health was really deteriorating at that time. She was really, really struggling. And all of us didn't really know how to deal with it, you know. And on the day of her disappearance, she was recorded by a man at a park. And to our surprise, her head had been shaved and none of us saw her with her head shaved. There are two really interesting things shaved into her head and we can get into that. She started walking down Wenatchee Avenue and that is the last time anyone saw her and it's all caught on camera, which just makes it her disappearance so interesting. But it's left us obviously wondering what the hell happened to her. Obviously, we can get to this in the future, too. But you guys actually had a witness say that he saw her get into a vehicle with two males. But then he recanted that statement, which is which is odd. But before we get to that, let's talk about her hair, because one side she had, correct me if I'm wrong, 13 stripes shaved mm-hmm. into the side of her head. Correct. And then on the it was on the other side, she had the letters S.I.C. Yes. What we interpret to be SIC. Now, what is the theory behind that? Do you guys have any ideas? So what's interesting is a week before Jesse went missing, that whole summer or that whole spring, she had been checking herself in and out of the hospital. And mind you, she was very, she was going through it mentally. Like she already had these mental health issues and then was using drugs on top of it. But a week before she went missing, she had checked herself into the hospital and they did some blood work on her, got her tested and Ruthlin came up in the results. And so we theorized that she had been somewhat, possibly someone had been drugging her and using her and we're not sure to what extent, but her head being shaved from what we found that someone could do that to her. And we believe someone did do that to her. We don't think she did it to herself, but we think someone did that to show ownership over her. And in, you know, if it's gang related, this could possibly mean that it, it shows that a gang member has ownership over that person or to kill them on site. Like if you're a gang member, if you're a part of this certain gang and see that, it means to harm that person you see with that shaved into their head. Now, this is just a theory. We don't know for sure, obviously, because none of us saw her with her head shaved. That's just super, super odd. But I mean, it is honestly a good theory. So when exactly did this witness say that he saw her getting into this vehicle? And I believe it was with two Hispanic males. Yes. So that came, I can't give you an exact date, but I'm going to say within the after she was reported missing. So we didn't realize until the 26th that she had actually been missing. Unfortunately, because my mom thought she had checked herself into a mental ward. And then there's a seven day period when you go into a mental ward for contacting your family members, which is interesting. But my mom didn't unfortunately just didn't realize she was missing so once she filed the missing persons report for on the 27th i believe then a couple days later someone called and said that they had called wenatchee police department and said that that they had seen that 
And then sometime after that, they called back and recanted their statement and said, actually, I never saw that. And that is the weirdest thing. Like, and they gave no reason for their recant. Uh, not to my knowledge, but it's sketchy as fuck. Uh, super fucking sketchy. How did uh, how did uh, law enforcement handle the disappearance at first? They cared. They did, but the detect. Uh, let me say, the detective working Jesse's case cared. The detective that got assigned to her case. But initially, when my mom had reported her missing, she spoke to police, and they said. She probably just overdosed, and the people who she was getting high with threw her in the river. And that's what they told my mother, who had a missing child. And I, I was baffled by that. They had no, literally no evidence to support that. So, yeah, that's, that was kind of their, the initial vibe we first got. Is, well, she's a drug addict, and she was doing stuff that drug addicts do, and she kind of had it coming. Man, that's all too familiar. As we were talking before recording, it's all too familiar of a scenario, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Did you guys get a lot of a lot of good news coverage? Because here's the deal out of a let's say out of a treatment facility, there's no security cameras like in any neighboring buildings that saw her walking down the street or getting in a vehicle or anything. That's that's kinda Kind of odd because usually treatment centers, you know, any kind of hospital like that, usually they have a lot of security camera footage, like 360 degrees around. Yeah, well, she never went to a hospital. That's just my mom hadn't heard from her because she was living on Jesse was living on the streets at the time of her disappearance. And my mom hadn't heard from her in seven days. And Jesse had spoke with someone during around either the 19th or the 20th about going and getting help. And Jesse had told my mom about this. And so my mom assumed Jesse was in, you know, a mental ward or something. And then when it came up that Jesse had on this June 27th, I want to say, and Jesse hadn't contacted my mom. My mom was like, Oh shit, something's up. Like she's missing. And it had been seven days since the 20th. And so that guy who took the video of Jesse, my mom had no idea about it until she started looking into it and realized that Jesse had gone missing on that day. So why is somebody randomly taking video of her? Let me just say this. It took me two years to watch that video because the man who's taking it, he's making fun of her, belittling her, calling her horrible names. I don't know. This man just is evil at the at the core like we have no idea why he was doing this but you can see the whole video he recorded on his phone where he's making fun of her and uh she clearly looks like her head's shaved she looks just not in her right mind in the video and what what was interesting though is my mom knew he had this video she had caught wind of it and she got a hold of him and asked i need that (laughs) like we need that video because that's the last day anyone could have potentially seen her, and especially um, on film, his response to her was, this doesn't make me a fucking suspect. And my mom's like, well, no one's saying you're a suspect, but this could be, this is crucial to her disappearance. They knew each other just in the drug scene or whatever, and he had some malice towards her. Uh, No one knows about what, but yeah. 
I can probably assume he was questioned by the police, I'm sure. Yeah, he was that, ruled out as a suspect. Okay. okay. Who knows what to the extent they went to talk to him. But. Do the cops have any theories or suspects on it? Suspect-wise, I understand if you can't say anything. Well, the detective working her case now has recently got in contact with us. It's been awesome because he's had an open flow of communication with us. And my mom, I should preface this by saying my mom has completely taken Jesse's case into her own hands these last four years and investigated it on her own. And so my mom had all this information compiled and gave it to the police and they worked off of that and off of what they already had. But these four names keep coming up, right? I don't want to say too much, but two of them are known for trafficking women. It is known that Jesse was at their house prior to her disappearance. Man, four years later. Yeah, but he told us, which, I mean, it brings us some relief. I mean, as much as relief as you can have in a situation like this. But he told us he's 90% sure she was murdered. And I guess that brings up the question of means, motive, and opportunity. Mm -hmm. Why would somebody do it? Where would they do it? Where would they take the body? And the fact that you had that, unless the guy just like misidentified Jesse, I'm not sure why somebody would come forward. Because here's the deal, like when somebody has their head shaved in a really, really weird way, how do you misidentify that, you know? Exactly. And uh, what's interesting, I just want to add, she was in clothes that weren't hers. So it was almost as if she had dressed quickly and she had a white t-shirt on and the person who called had her description. To this day, we have no idea. But also her, another lead we had was her wallet was found by a bus stop Hmm. and the wallet was mailed to my mom. It was mailed to her? Yeah, and the detective working Jesse's case is like, this. that's weird. There was just no explanation? Just one day you open up the mail and there's your sister's wallet? Yeah, she said she had been at the local bus station in Wenatchee and she just found it laying there. And obviously my sister's address was on it, which was my mom's house. Mm -hmm. And so the lady just sent it back there and my mom... It was before, you know, she had realized Jesse was actually missing, like in that period between the 20th and the 27th. And she didn't think too much of it. Jesse was losing her shit all the time. And mm-hmm. she thought it was a little strange. But the detective working her case now is like, that's odd to me. Like someone normally wouldn't do something like that. He thinks there's something more to it. And he's been able to track that lady down. And there might be something more to it. That's all I can say. I would also wonder if there was any kind of forensics on the wallet as well. I know. I honestly, like, don't even know if my mom still has it. As of now, like, what's the state of the case? And obviously, you started getting involved in the case. You have a YouTube channel to where you start talking about this case and others. And I actually found you on Instagram, too. So, obviously, the cops are still actively, you know, still active case and everything like that, which is always a great, great thing. But as of now, you know, four and a half years later, is has the case been moving forward or is it just kind of treading water at the moment? So in 2018, that summer, it was a real low for us. 
just in the stagnancy of her case. And that is when I started my YouTube channel. I thought to myself, it's going to be better, but I talked to my mom on the channel. And my mom has been the main person gathering information in my sister's case. And I thought, who better for this information to come from than us? And exactly. YouTube's an awesome platform where you, you know, can speak to people who are interested in her case and want to know, like our community wants to know what happened to her. And the community's had your guys' back pretty good. Yeah. So I moved away right after she went missing because it was just too hard for me to be in the town my sister went missing from. And But the community wants to know. And all of our family still lives in Wenatchee. And it was our way to speak to people about what was going on and give the information that we could share on her case. And then we went on the Dr. Phil show as well. So I completely applied for that and everything. I would write them three times a week. So we were eventually able to get on. That's good exposure. It is, but the detective, you know, he talked to us after it aired. It aired this fall. And he said he only got one call. And so about her, and it turned out to be a false sighting. It was a sighting in California, and it turned out to be not her. Because he looked into it. But it still is exposure, or it makes people who have a missing loved one feel understood, feel heard, because it is a very isolating feeling. You feel like no one's going through what what I'm going through, what my family's going through. So I guess it's good on that front. So it's still open. And when we bring a lead to that detective, he looks into it. We know that because we talk to certain people, contact us on information that they have. And we give it to him and then we'll get in touch with those people. And they're like, yeah, he came to my house. He wants to know, he wants this solved, you know, and that makes us feel good. And then we have a, a, a gentleman got in contact with me and there he's part of a volunteer scuba diving team who do search and rescue. Mm-hmm. And so I just got to get him a couple place, a couple bodies of water to search. Okay. Is there one nearby in the in the direction that she was walking? Yep. So if you keep going on Wenatchee Ave, you would end up in this suburb called Malaga, or it's actually a, a really small town called Malaga. And time and time again, this town keeps coming up, keeps coming up in almost every single lead we've gone after. And when Jesse initially went missing, they did send um, divers out there into it's a body of water out there let me say and they they did search that when she went missing but they never told my mom what what initially led them to search there it's possible that one of the people involved has a boat so let me ask you this though is uh with her wallet being found at the bus station do you think that's kind of like a red herring or is there any family or friends outside of town you know, within bus distance, I guess you could say, that she might have tried to go to? Or do you think somebody just threw her wallet out at the bus station? Let me just say, I can't say too much on it, but let me just say maybe someone felt guilty and sent it, it in. Things more than one person? Yeah, I think. I know, I agree. like, in my heart of hearts, I believe my sister was murdered. Yeah, I was going to ask why you guys uh, suspected foul play, because I saw in one of your videos, you were pretty confident, you know, foul play was involved. Well, Jesse has two sons here as well, or Mm -hmm. in Wenatchee, I should say, and 
she was going through her shit and she was on drugs, but she loved her children and would see them as much as possible and was in contact with my parents every single day. And there, there's just no way people can say what they want, but there's just no way she would go this long without talking to us. Like she needed my parents, you know, they'd give her money. She would crash at their house every now and again. So she needed them and she just wouldn't leave her kids. She just wouldn't. And people get confused by that when someone's on drugs. A drug addict mm. still loves their children. They're just going through their shit, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Are you happy with uh, with the new detective and where the case seems like it's going? Seems like it's moving along, actually, and uh, you have somebody good working on it right now. Yeah. I mean, the last time we met with him, my nana, my injustice nana, we're really close with her. And, you know, she was voicing her concerns, and she's tearing up talking to him and said, I feel like we're never going to find her. And he slammed his hand down on the table and said, we have to. The passion he had gave me chills. Like it gave me goosebumps because we're like, yes, that's what we want. We want someone who cares. And they're like, we have to solve this. Like there's no plan B, plan C. This is going to get solved. And he's like, I got, I have to find you guys answers and give you closure. You know, he realizes that losing Jesse was so hard on our family. It's been devastating. And I know anyone listening who has a missing loved one completely understands this. Like, you're just dealing with the aftershock. And he understands what hell my family has been through. And sometimes when we talk to him, he's like, I'm not, you know, I have, (laughs) we have to remind ourselves he's not a therapist. He's a detective. (laughs) And we'll just like vent to him about everything. And so he understands the family dynamic because my mom worked Jesse's case for four years and it, it took such a mental toll on her. She was going undercover and fully like with an arsenal. Okay guns, knives, and trying to infiltrate herself into this dark world that my sister went missing from. That is fucking wild. Yeah, it's super it is. admirable. I mean, obviously a little bit dangerous as well, but at the same time, super admirable. Holy shit. I don't know about, you know, everyone else's mom, but my mom is the kind that, like, she's not just gonna let this shit go, and you hear about this so much with mothers with a missing child. They're not gonna just be like, well, I guess they're just gone. I don't know. Like, they're going to get in there and they're going to do everything they can to find their child. Like, it's it's honestly amazing. And through doing YouTube, I see how amazing mothers are and, like, what extent would you go to to find your child? And I, I do admire my mom so much for that, but it, it took a, a mental toll on her, like, you wouldn't believe. And that's what the Dr. Phil show really, like, focused on. Like, how far would a mother go? That's pretty wild, though. And my mom, you should see, like, she's got files on files on files. Everything's organized and alphabetical on all on everything on Jesse's case. Like, she knows everything on her case. And I, I think she got, it's hard to say, like, but she got too close to it. And it, yeah. it mentally broke her. You know, I don't, I don't like to talk bad about my mom or anything like that. Because to me, it's like, I, anyone who 
wants to judge my mom, I say, how far would your mom go to find you? You know, I tell you what, man, I my hats off to your mom. To be honest with you, you would you would be floored to see how many people she's interviewed. She got like a timeline together for the police, like something out of True Detective. Damn. Exactly. She like she knows so much. Yeah, she should have been a cop, man. That's pretty much where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, she's a very okay. intelligent, amazing, strong, strong-willed woman, and I admire her a lot. But she's—I don't—I think focusing on the case so much took her away from the healing. Was that her outlet? Oh yeah, sure. like my mom's not gonna just like she's a fire. Like she's not just gonna let something go. And, she and I, I asked her, like I pleaded with her, not to let Jesse go, but start because she was let go from her job because she couldn't function because she was investigating so much. That was the I, I had a serious talk with her and I said, "Could you ever move on?" And she looked at me like dead in the eye and she's like, "I'll never move on. I will never let this go. Like as long as I live." mom's with a missing child it's like where do you draw that line what what year do you decide it's time you don't you can't so it's been real it's been the hardest on her for sure what other it's like either you take action or you sit and let it fester you know or you try to find those healthy coping it's so messy like everything about it is it's not linear at all like the healing and of it especially for a mother because you're nine months closer to your baby than anyone else i just want to add one more thing just in case this could stand out to anyone who's been through a similar situation so a week before jesse went missing i had seen her and she was i don't think she was high but she was acting kind of delirious almost and she looked at me and said you look like an angel And I told her, you're acting like a crazy person. Like, that was my response to her. That was my energy towards her. And she said something to the effect, like, I don't care. You're still an angel. And then my mom and I had given her a ride back to the detox center, which she had previously got kicked out of. And she's in the back seat and put her hand on my shoulder and said, I love you, B. And I looked back at her and said, I love you too. And I remember thinking it was such a like sweet moment between us. And she got out of the car and looked back and smiled at me and then walked in the detox center. And that was the last time I ever saw her. That just gave me like, that gave me chills. Yeah. I mean, that was, and I remember thinking like, I didn't know that was going to be a final moment, but I remember being like, that was so sweet. Like that moment I just shared with her was so sweet. And then now she's gone. And although that memory is sweet, like I I never forgot how I treated her. And I think a lot of the guilt, you know, on my side and my mom's side had like fueled us. So Um, just hold the people you love close and tell them you love them and appreciate them because you never know when your last day with them is going to be. That is very well said. And I couldn't agree more. Well, let's talk about your YouTube channel, and uh, I know you do talk about some other cases on there as well. What made you want to start that? Was it strictly for your 
sister's case or to bring to light other cases as well? Well, yeah. So I had reached out to a bunch of bigger YouTubers, bigger true crime YouTubers, and no one ever got back to me. And I think, I'm only assuming it's because if you look on the internet, there's not a ton on Jesse's case. Information is always, when it comes to either podcasts or YouTube, you'll you'll notice that, uh, I mean, I'll personally do smaller cases if they're requested without much you know if even if they don't have much information i mean i've done like a 15 minute episode before and it's very little information and i tell people that but at the same time it deserves this the same amount of respect but at the same time that's why you reach out to you you can shed more light and inner workings on the on the case that's kind of why i reached out to you when i saw your uh stuff on instagram yeah i was thinking about just ways to get it out and I meditate a lot and one of the ideas I had when I was meditating was make an Instagram specifically dedicated to her case and other missing people but back to your question I had been writing letters I wrote a lot of letter letters to YouTube so like to YouTubers to their PO box and no one got back to me and I figured it was probably because Jesse's case didn't have a lot on the internet if they had googled it and so I thought to myself Fuck it. I'm just going to make my own bridge, I guess, and get the information out there as best as I can. And um, there's this quote I love by Ava DuVernay that says, if your dream only includes you, it's too small. And I love that quote so much. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'm like, I want to talk about other missing people, like whose cases might be too small or not have a ton of information out there on the internet and just do what I can. And it was a pretty rocky start. I feel like my videos are like (laughs) (laughs) the editing is terrible and I'm nervous, but I think it's just giving the information, not really it's nerve wracking to do something like that. But I thought to myself, it's best just to get the information out there and who knows, it could lead to something. And I mostly cover Pacific Northwest cases because that's where I'm from and that's where Jesse went missing from. So more, I mean, obviously more people who live in Washington watch my videos than not. So it, it really could lead to something. I mean, that's yeah, that's the goal. No, and that's, I mean, you're being proactive about it. That and you've taken a personal tragedy and turned it into your own mission to try to help others like it just being a part of this community now i mean i don't know if i can say that but just the people i've just had contact with or watch their videos who care so much about these cases Mm -hmm. it humbles me and it makes me believe in that humanity do you want to direct everybody to your youtube and social media stuff so they can check out the cases you're into and all that good stuff yeah, of course. So my YouTube channel is Brittany Jewel, J-E-W-E-L-L. And then my Instagram is called Jesse's Disappearance, if you want to check me out on there. Outstanding. Well, Brittany, I do appreciate you taking the time out of your weekend to come on here and do this interview, uh, talk about your sister's disappearance. And anybody who has information Obviously, get a hold of local authorities or Brittany herself. Every every case is solvable. Yes. Hell yeah. Someone always knows something. Exactly. And to you, Brittany, 
I'm going to tell you the same thing I t- told a very good friend of mine a couple years ago. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Keep moving forward. Keep fucking plugging away. I don't care what anybody says. You know what I'm, you know, and for a lot of people, there is no such thing as closure. But no. at the same time, you know, there's people out there who need to be held accountable. And that's what it comes down to. Yes, most definitely. And thank you for having me on and giving me a platform to share my sister's story. Uh, just on behalf of my family and I, we thank you so much. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. It's, uh, you know, part of why I do what I do, you know, try to help out, you know, hopefully you never know, you know, yeah. any, any open ear helps. A sighting, seeing her go to a specific place that could completely crack the case. Exactly. Exactly right. Or, or another eyewitness, you know, who doesn't recant their statement. Yeah, exactly. What we will never stop. It's never even entered our minds to stop. So we will persevere and we will find the answers and find out what happened to her. Hell yeah, that is awesome. Well, Brittany, again, thank you very much for joining me and, you know, hopefully we can, we can try to help the situation. Okay. Thank you.